Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1612. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! I'm revved up and very excited to share with you today a returning guest here on Cars Yeah! He's calling in from Holly Hills, Florida. Well, I bet it's a little bit warm today. His name is Tim Sutter. Tim, welcome to Cars Yeah! Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I sure am. I've just got a lap belt on and not a full uh, a full uh, harness. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, I'll try to keep it on the road here. Uh, I'll remind our listeners here, Tim was guest number 12. He was kind enough to be one of the very first people who took a chance with me when I first started this endeavor way back in June of 2014. Uh, I didn't ask you this then, but I'm going to ask you this now before I do a proper introduction. Share with us one little thing that most people don't know about Tim Suttered. Well, I'm a cat person. A cat person. Okay. I have two cats we uh, rescued that uh, probably a little weirdly obsessed with. I, I love my uh, my cats. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, I always kind of laughed at young people. They just get married and they they don't have kids yet. So they're kind of obsessed with their pets. Well, now Margie and I are empty nesters. And I think we've kind of resorted back to that, that we're all about our two cats. I understand. Yeah, I've become an empty nester since we last had you on this show. And uh, it's a little weird when you walk down the hallway and the kids' bedrooms are empty. I always have almost a little bit of a tear in my eye. My wife uh, decided to retire from her career when we raised our kids. And now she's gone back to teaching and working at a school with little, little kids. I think she's fulfilling that empty part of her life and she's really enjoying it. So very good. Well, before we jump into my questions here, Tim, I want to make a proper introduction. Tim Suttered is the publisher of Grassroots Motorsports, a magazine geared towards regular people who enjoy fixing up and playing with common, readily available sports cars. His success led to the formation of a second publication, Classic Motorsports, which has become America's largest publication catering to classic sports cars enthusiasts. Tim grew his ventures into another event of business that includes the Ultimate Track Car Challenge, Classic Sports Car Tours, a Monterey Welcome Party, and the $2,000 Challenge series of low-cost events that have been run for for the last 15 years. Tim maintains rallies and races, a collection of more than 20 eclectic, mostly British sports cars and restores over has restored over 50 cars since the young age of 14. I've subscribed to his publications for years. They're really fun, really well done. And I love the way the graphics are done for us old guys that have a little challenge with our eyes. Uh, your type's a little bigger. Your pages are spread out. They're really a joy to look at. We'll be back in a minute to talk to Tim, but first a word from our valued sponsors that make this show possible. So sit tight, keep your seatbelt on, and we'll be right back. Did you know the most damaging thing to your vehicle's interior is the sun? Those harsh UV rays damage your interior over time. They crack your dash, they fade the colors, and the heat makes getting into your favorite ride downright unbearable. My friends at Covercraft have the perfect solution for you. Their sunscreens are easy to use. They take seconds to install and remove and protect your vehicle while parked in the sun. They fold up easily and store away for those times you don't want to use your car cover. I have one for every one of my vehicles, and you should too. They come in a variety of colors and options, featuring an accordion design that makes unfolding and folding them 
a breeze. Want to give a gift that keeps on giving? Buy a Covercraft sunscreen for your family members and friends. They'll thank you for it every time they park their vehicle. They're custom made to fit almost any vehicle. Check out Covercraft.com for a huge number of styles, colors, and options. And here's something special from me here at Cars Yeah, just for you. Use the code yeah 120 at checkout at Covercraft.com and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. Go to Covercraft.com and use the code YEAH120 at checkout and you get 10% off. You can thank me later. Covercraft, they've got you covered. Hey, Mark Green here. I want to invite you to a virtual wine tasting event that I'm hosting on Thursday, August 6th at 5 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. You've heard me talk about Adobe Road Wineries, the racing series here on Cars Yeah. Well, I've invited some of my fellow automotive enthusiasts and past Cars Yeah guests to this very special exclusive event. And I'm inviting you too. Mikhail Haggerty and Wayne Carini will be there to share their love of classic cars. Racer Lynn St. James provides her insights on racing during these crazy pandemic times and the challenges of choosing a best of show from Jeff Love and David Lillywhite, editors of Magneto. They'll be talking about their virtual Concours. When you purchase two bottles of the racing series, you'll get a private invitation to this exclusive Zoom event that centers at Adobe Road Winery, where Vintner and endurance racer Kevin Buckler and his winemaker Garrett Martin will share the secrets to their unique racing series wines. Having enjoyed these delicious blends, I promise you, you will love the racing series. Your purchase of two bottles from the racing series gets you in the virtual door. Use the code UNICEF, U-N-I-C-E-F, all one word in all caps, when you check out, and you'll get 10% off your purchase of any wine from the racing series. And Adobe Road will be giving 10% of this event's sales to UNICEF. Just go to adoberoadwines.com and you'll see where to sign up. The wine ships promptly and it arrives quickly. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the racing series. Go to adoberoadwines.com today and use the code UNICEF when you check out for a very fast and fun evening with me and these wonderful guests. Thursday, August 6th at 5 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. Cheers! I found a new way to protect my vehicle. American Collectors Insurance. That's who now protects my Porsche Turbo, the one I call my orange crush. But did you know they also insure your valuable collectibles of automobilia and automotive collectibles? If you're like me, you've invested in a lot of cool automotive collectibles over the years. Those items are valuable. And if you were to lose them in a theft or a fire, well, try to get your normal homeowner's insurance to pay you what they're worth. Good luck with that. American Collectors Insurance provides you with assurance and confidence that your collectibles are fully covered. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting us automotive enthusiasts since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a history of taking care of their clients. Give them a call today for a quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love. I did. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car and collectible insurance designed by collectors for collectors, just like you and me. All right, Tim, uh, we are back. And as we continue on this journey of your life, I'd love for you to share a success quote or a mantra, some some kind of saying that has a meaning for you, uh, maybe something that's helped you get along all these years with all your successes. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires smoking a little bit here on Cars Yeah. So, Tim, uh, grab the wheel. Well, I think that the the biggest, it's not real sexy, but uh, 
never give up. I mean, that's, that's been uh, my mantra. This, this made no sense early on. I mean, I'd walk into a seven 11 and say, you know, see the person behind the counter and go, damn, it must be nice to have a, a real job, a real paycheck, maybe even some benefits. And that wasn't my life. And for a long time, I mean, my family said, you need to give this up. This is never going to work. And, uh, it's worked out pretty well. Well, it's been a huge amount of work. I've known you, you know, I was thinking this morning here, I think I've known you for maybe like 15, 20 years or something like that, because way, way back when I was running Griot's Garage and you would come and visit us and talk about what you were doing and this magazine idea, uh, I saw and know how hard you worked. And, you know, that's all it takes, right? A whole lot of hard work and effort. You're one of the most persistent guys I've ever met. And I think that mantra for me comes from your time at the track. Every race, I've interviewed over 300 race car drivers now, and every one of them uses that quote, never ever give up. So I'm going to talk about a challenge here in a minute, but first I want you to talk a little bit more about the success you've achieved and all the fun things you're doing. What gets you excited and fired up every morning when you get out of bed and you think about what you're doing with your career? Well, I, I still, I still love, um, pretty much every aspect of it. I mean, I, I've, uh, my son is, is starting to take over the company, so I don't have quite the pressure on me that I have had. I've, we've certainly developed a, a heck of a staff that runs a lot of stuff. I, I still tend to micromanage a little bit, but, um, you know, our latest new project has been uh, developed. I think any media company today needs to develop a video department, and we've successfully done that. I brought uh, my son's brother-in-law into the company so we've ruined one family now we're we're starting to <laughs> his his wife's now working with us too so i got brother and sister from another family in our company and my daughter and my niece and are in a company too so it's um staff meetings are weird yeah well yeah you know i was gonna ask you about that because this nepotism thing sometimes is a bit of a challenge for a lot of different people uh, one of the things it's a bit of a challenge for is staff that's not family because there's this delicate rope you walk. Oh, I better not say anything about that guy because he's his son or she's her. How do you balance that? I'm really curious because it, I've seen it really destroy companies and cause huge problems. Well, my, my son and, and probably the rest of the staff would say I don't do that great a job with it. But uh, I mean, it's challenging. I mean, we brought these two newest employees in just before this whole COVID thing hit. And my first thought was, oh, my God, I'm going to have to let how do you fire a family? You know, that's, yeah, that's a big, and if you fire them, you're probably still going to have to support them to some extent. So, <laughs> so fortunately things have, have gone well enough that we haven't had to let anybody go during all this. Yeah. It's, you know, I think respect is, is the most important thing. Uh, again, I'm, I'm probably not the best guy to ask. <laughs> At least they would tell you. Yeah. Maybe I should have the rest of them on to give their impressions yeah, and yeah. so forth. But no, <laughs> yeah, this show's about you though. Well, let's talk a little bit about the publications because grassroots motorsports and classic motorsports, I mentioned early on, I've been reading them for years and years and years, and I'm a creative guy, graphics guy. And one of the things I noticed that you did early on is you made them much more interesting, or, or I should say easy. They're interesting already, but easy for me to read because so many magazines today have gone to kind of getting kind of weird and they're hard to read they're you know the just from a graphic standpoint was that a deliberate effort on your part or is that something just evolved 
I would say it's it's a lifelong battle with young <laughs> art directors, and every couple of years it, this crops up, and and the fight is well, don't make the story so long if you don't want it in small type, and it's maddening to you know to to put words over gray or pictures or something like that. You know, since I was about forty, I started needing reading glasses. I'm sixty now, and uh, it's just it's like listen, you you can't design and and do for you yourself you have to do for the audience you're serving and you know we've got younger readers but especially with classic motorsports it's guys our age right you know they the letters come still hey it's getting the type's getting smaller and i go <laughs> yell at the art director you know yeah or you got to go to a number two reading glass uh that one doesn't work anymore uh yeah sadly that's what happens let's talk a little bit about this video approach that you're taking which of course is where the world is going so how are you migrating and what are you doing with grassroots motorsports classic motorsports as you've evolved into video what what's the video all about well i, th I think the only constant is change and certainly in our world, we've gone through desktop publishing. We've we've you know gotten through 9/11. We've gotten through uh, wars. We've gotten through all kinds of changes in technology. There's no such thing as a magazine company anymore. Those those companies are dead. Uh, a media company can use a magazine as its kind of premier product, and that's what we've done. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's it's the websites, it's the video, and that's something we we've always done video, but. We've made an earnest effort and hired a full-time videographer. Last week, we just did a comparison test with a, a TR6 and an Alpha Spider, yep. which was a lot of fun. And uh, right now with COVID, we're, we're using basically the cars out of my garage because it's kind of hard to, you know, go places and get with people and put people together to, uh, you know, it's not real smart to do that right now. So we're, we're basically working through my garage. We're going to do Sunbeam Tiger versus Shelby Mustang next, uh, which should be fun. Yeah. And then we've got uh, uh, early GTI and a, a three series, both 1.8, 318IS, so both 1.8 liter cars from the 80s. We're going to do that comparison test. So these have been fun, but we do a lot of other stuff. Uh, we are doing our ultimate track car challenge this weekend. So we'll have video coming from that. And uh, we're just, we're dropping two, three, four videos a week and uh, building up an audience for that. And it's interesting. The world is, is our world has changed. It used to be just did a magazine story and then you did a magazine story and after it came off the newsstand, you'd put it on the web. Now the, the right way to look at a publishing company or a media company today is you, you find the story and then decide what the medium is to best tell that story. We just had an editorial meeting this morning and we're talking about our welcome party that we're doing uh, uh, virtually this year because we can't go to Monterey car week. And right, right. we discussed, well, should we do a video? of the results and how it turned out. And the decision was, well, video is not the, the best medium to tell a story with just picture, you know, just not video, but actually just pictures that people have posted. So we said, all right, that's not, that's not the right medium for that story, but it's timely. So a web story the next day would, uh, would best tell that story. So we kind of rethink the whole way we do things. And, uh, we have weekly editorial meetings and kind of just, decide what's the best way to tell the story. It sounds like you've evolved nicely. One of the things that I've heard from magazine-specific publishers is getting that audience to migrate, especially us old guys. Now, I've embraced technology since I've been podcasting. I love it. I use it. I do it. But a lot of my friends just go, I can't just read a magazine online. It doesn't do anything for me. I got to have those pages and so forth. But video seems to be very different for people. They, they really love it. 
Yeah, and they really like it. And I like the fact that, you know, you've always catered to, I won't say the the non-wealthy guy, because you have plenty of readers that have wealth and cars and so forth, but you have always catered to the honest guy, I should say, the at-home guy, the guy that wants to just go have some fun but doesn't have a big, giant checkbook to be driving Ferraris or supercars. Was that something that, from the beginning, you set out to focus on, or did that evolve as well? Well... You know, I'm a, I'm a cheap swamp Yankee at heart, and uh, I just, that was the way I was raised. And it's not about rich or poor. It's just kind of an approach. We don't walk in and overpay for things and then brag that we've overpaid. You know, that's just not our, that's not our lifestyle. That's not, not our, our business model. We, we basically, you know, we try to look at things with some common sense and, and either do stuff ourselves or the market is, is changing and people are, you know, if you if you want a Shelby Mustang right now, they're fully valued. I don't know if you saw that Mecham auction, but they're really fully valued as <laughs> last week. Yes, yeah. You know the deals are just not there on those cars. So, you know, I bought an '83 Rabbit GTI with a Callaway Turbo kit last year. They've they're quickly going up because there's a you know there's people, the younger people are more interested in that kind of car. So so you know I think. Being ahead of the curve is uh, is kind of part of it. You know, my point was, uh, I mean, I've raced vintage cars for 12 years. It was very expensive. And I would try everything I could do to make tires last a little bit longer, engines last a little bit longer, and so forth. Uh, but I love your approach because you're giving everybody the opportunity and the ideas of how to do it. Young, old, whatever your budget is, whatever you want, even if you're rich, rich people don't like to waste money. I know that. That's how I got rich. That's, That's what not I- how you get rich. Yeah. So I, I think it's great what you're up to. And I encourage uh, our followers to follow. Now, your YouTube page, is it titled under Grassroots Motorsports? Yeah, or we've, cl- got, we've got one for each magazine, ClassicMotorsports.com and, and then Grassroots Motorsports. There you go. Awesome. It's great. Well, I always ask my guests this question. Uh, to share a big challenge, even a big failure along the way, or it could be something going on now, or it could relate to the pandemic. It doesn't really matter what it is, but I want you to take us down that path. But more importantly, how have you learned from that to overcome it, to come out positive on the other side? So take us on a little trip here, Tim. All right, answer that question, but I want to get back to what you said a minute ago. You, You said about the mediums competing against each other. And initially, that was my fear that if you give stuff away on the website, you won't be able to sell magazines. That's not the way the world works. Everybody has their chosen media. I mean, trying to sell a magazine subscription to a 20-year-old kid is damn near impossible. <laughs> yeah. They love video and they love social media. So, and, and I'm not saying I, all ages love that stuff, but yeah. so we're not trying to, um, we're not trying to worry, we're not worrying about the media competing against each other. We're just posting stuff and different groups will get the content mm-hmm. the way they want to get it. Unfortunately, that makes the business much. Yes, the market's grown because of that. But boy, it used to be just put some stories and some ad squares in a magazine and put it to bed every month. And right. Yeah. That was gone. So sure. Well, this is the same with the catalog business that I was in. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's evolved now. And then you got this competition from this big guy up the road from me named Jeff Bezos, you know, who was I was fighting against 10, 15 years ago before he became the monster giant. So you're right. You've got to evolve. You've got to change. And I I would assume that has something to do with that challenge question I just asked you is you're forced to evolve. Yeah, that that. uh, Well, it's it's figuring that out. We've gone to some conferences that have helped. Um, We've studied it. 
And I brought, you know, my son is, is uh, you know, he sees things through 27 year olds eyes. Mm-hmm. And you could say we don't always agree on things, but he's quick to tell you more often than not, he's right. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got one of those 26 year olds in my, <laughs> not in my house, but yeah, my family, they do see things differently, don't they? Yeah. Just good. It's fresh. They're great. If, they're great if the VCR breaks, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, a car project I'm working on is, is uh, proven to be quite a challenge. I oh, yeah? picked up a, uh, a 62 Elva sports racer. Ooh. It's a Elva Mark Six. Yeah. They've made a real common car. They made 28 of them. <laughs> I'm familiar and, with it, though. I raced against some yeah. of those guys. This thing was up in a guy's rafters, and it was badly beaten. And it was missing some stuff. And uh, he tells me, he'd been sitting up there. He was a customer, and uh, I'd seen it a couple times. And I, I finally said, hey, you want? what are you going to do with that thing? And he finally said, you know what? Just take the damn thing. You know, I gave, I gave him a little bit. I traded him something for it, but uh, very low money. And he said, listen, this thing's got no history. It's just some club race car up, up in the upper Midwest. That's all I know about it. It's been sitting up there, my rafters, for 30 years. Wow. So I take it home, and I find the serial number on the dash, and uh, I got a hold of the Elva registry, and they said, wow, you found the factory Sebring car from 62. What? Yeah. Oh, my and, gosh. Turns out it ran uh, there. It ran the Grand Prix to Puerto Rico, which was a one-year-only event. Then it ran uh, the Most Sport 200, the Road America 500. So this was oh a factory car based all the uh, international races in the Western Hemisphere that year. So then the the challenge was to, to try to restore it uh, accurately. I finally, through the Revs Institute, found some photos of it running at Sebring. And, um, but it's been challenging. It's, it's a Coventry Climax engine, which is in English, but I assumed it was going to be simple, like an MG or a Triumph or any of the other little British cars I've done. Not so much more, more like Ferrari prices and not uh, MG prices. Uh, Yeah. I've got the engine just about done and, uh, the transaxle, it's usually a Hewland Mark three gearbox, which is actually in a Volkswagen Beetle case. And they just redid the transaxle it's a five speed in a volkswagen case but you know that's out at a specialist right now and he's trying to find axles and different parts it's been it's it's a simple little car built from unobtainium (laughs) body uh it was obvious original i found the markings where the lights had been on at sebring and the photos you know confirmed that's that's exactly where the lights were to mark the you know the to run the numbers so you could you know light the numbers at night that kind of stuff so I know it's original. I know it's the car, but I mean I've got hundreds of hours just in fiberglass work, which is itchy. So Itch. <laughs> that's yeah. been my COVID, my COVID challenge as as I am at home. I'm working on that more and more. Well, what an exciting find! That's so cool. I mean, it's so neat when you you find something that looks like a nice little stone and you find out it's a gem. Uh, yeah. And now you got to pu- cut it and polish it and make it right. But I can't wait to see that. Uh, are you planning on racing it? Yeah, I'm not sure I got the guts to, to, to race it, but I mean, I'll, I'll run it some, but I oh. think, you know, it'll go to Concord, probably Amelia Island, that kind of stuff. But uh, I'll probably run it a few times at least, but it's it's a flimsy, spindly little, you know, that's back in the day when drivers were expendable. Well, it's one of the reasons I stopped racing my Lotus 18. It just, oh, I had, yeah, yeah, it's just, you don't feel safe 
ever in those cars. And uh, that car I had had a Renault Dauphine gearbox in it. Very delicate. The shifter yeah. was on the left. The H pattern was backwards. So yeah. when you were when you were in third gear, it was real easy to go into second by mistake. And then heat, heat of the battle. And huh? blow the whole thing to smithereen. Yeah, I had a big thing I put on my dash that had the, the pattern. So I remember it with a big dollar sign right in the middle of the thing. <laughs> and try to find a Renault Dauphine gearbox. Yeah, they're hard to find. What a great find well i can't wait to see that thing completed and finished we're going to take a short break thank our sponsors and we come back we're going to dive into tim's personal passion which is very deep of cars so sit tight we'll be right back my favorite collector car magazine is keith martin's sports car market i've been a subscriber for decades sports car market is the wall street journal for enthusiasts and collectors it's your monthly must read whether you dream of owning a collector car, maybe you have two, or maybe you've got 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. And don't miss my weekly podcast with Keith Martin titled Buy, Sell, Hold. It's the essence of collecting. We talk to the movers and shakers in the collector car world. Here's a couple deals I have for you just for listening here on Cars Yeah. If you use the checkout code Cars Yeah, you'll receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription at Sports Car Market. That's an exclusive offer from Cars Yeah. And guess what? Here's another deal. If you'd like to get the actual magazine, use the code BSH for buy, sell, hold. That's code BSH. And you'll get $10 off your annual print subscription. That's right. $10 off. Both of these are exclusive offers. Here at Cars Yeah for Sports Car Market Magazine. Just go to sportscarmarket.com and get your deals today. Let's take a pit stop from the conversation and talk about my charity of choice here at Cars Yeah, America's Automotive Trust. America's Automotive Trust is a group of like-minded nonprofits working together to preserve and promote car culture across the country. Together, they provide scholarships and grants to aspiring technicians and restoration artists. They provide youth education programs and bring communities together through auto-related events, car shows, and drives. One of those nonprofits is very near and dear to my heart because it's right down the road from the Cars Yeah headquarters. It's the LeMay America's Car Museum in Tacoma, Washington. One of the world's truly great automobile collections and one of those must-see bucket list destinations for car people like you and me. If you haven't seen it, I hope you make a trip soon, and if you have seen it, it's probably time to visit again. To learn more about this fantastic museum, go to www.americascarmuseum.org, and while you're there, you can donate to help them keep their engines running. That's www.americascarmuseum.org. All right, Tim, we're back. Would you share with me a story that instigated this passion that you have for cars? Was there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were indeed going to be a car guy? Well, we all have early memories. You probably can remember your first memory. And for me, it started in late 63. I was just about four years old. I remember Kennedy being assassinated. I didn't know what that meant. But there was a lot of hubbub in the house. Everybody was pretty worked up about that. I remember that. I then remember my grandfather passing right around that same time. And then the next memory I have was of April of 1964. And 
my dad was a Ford dealer and uh, he said, come on, we all need to pile in the car. We need to go look at the new Mustang. That was a big deal back then, obviously. Oh, yeah. I mean, we went to look at the new Mustang. And at the time, I was kind of like, that's just a car. What's the big deal? But if it's not a big deal, then why is that one of the three early memories that I have? So obviously, it left some kind of impression on me. Uh, I restored several Mustangs. I have two Mustangs now. So I would say that, that looking at the Mustang probably changed my life. You know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So. You didn't. So you didn't have the same comments that Ken Miles had when he looked at the first Mustang from the, the latest movie. I remember his his comments. Looks like a secretary's car. To me, at the time, I just remember is like, what's the big deal about a car? But then, you know, why did I remember that and not a thousand other things from that same spring? You know, right. Yeah, exactly. We went and did the same thing. We went and looked at the new Mustang. Yeah, it's probably one of my earlier memories that and riding in my dad's MGTC when I was about five years old. So uh, definitely remember that. That was scary enough to remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about your first really special car. You've had so many cars. You have so many cars. Uh, I know last time we talked, you talked about this uh, affliction of having too many cars in the garage and too many projects. But what was the first car that came into your life that was really, really special for you? Maybe something you saved up for or something that you restored? Well, my, my dad's best friend owned a junkyard. And the junkyard was right down the street from the Ford dealership. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was 15, he had a, um, they had like a rebuildable lot stuff for, they were selling it on auction cars that were rebuildable. Okay. And it was a 67 Mustang fastback there. And a couple, couple cars down was a 57 T-Bird. And I kept going back and forth, back and forth. I was going to buy one of them. And, uh, I, uh, finally decided the Mustang was more my style than the 57 T-Bird. So going that way more towards the sports car than the, the classic T-Bird probably, if, you know, yeah. impacted my life too. But uh, so I went home and, and uh, decided I was going to bid a hundred bucks and then decided that um, I said, you know what? I shouldn't bid a hundred bucks. I should bid a hundred and one dollars. <laughs> well, maybe somebody else will bid on. So I finally, you know, always been a little anal and, and worked through this for probably more than an hour and decided that the right bid was $102 and two cents. Okay. And this car at the time was probably worth three to 500 bucks. Uh-huh. I just knew that, that it was going to work. And initially my dad, um, said, no, no way. There's no way, you know, no way a 15 year old's going to have a car. You can't have a car. And my mom sat him down and said, you know what? There's worse, there's worse things that a 15-year-old boy can do. I think so, yeah. I uh, ended up winning the bid. Now, of course, later on I found out that as soon as my mom put her foot down, my dad called his buddy that, that ran the thing and basically said, well, we'll take that car whatever. You know, I don't know. You know, I paid the $102.02, but there might have been a little bit more money exchanging hands. A couple. But yeah. uh, that, was, that was my first car. That and um, that same summer, I, I restored. A, my, I worked in my dad's body shop at the Ford dealership and restored a, a Model A that that he had found, mm-hmm. which I still have. I know that's amazing. <laughs> it's incredible. So those were, I guess, the, the two real early cars that that definitely ruined. I mean, made my life. <laughs> there you go. Well, I didn't ask you this question before. It's a little bit ethereal. Kind of get into your skull a little bit here. Uh-oh. If you woke up tomorrow, Tim, and you were manifest as a car, not what you want to be, but your personality, your life, 
into a vehicle, what would Tim Sutter be and why? Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I looked at the question earlier and, and <laughs> I was like, yeah, what is Mark doing to me? I guess the first car that comes to mind is, is maybe a Triumph TR6. I kind of see that. Yeah. Why would that be? Uh, a little rough around the edges. Good heart. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of British history maybe in the lineage. Yeah, a little, little, you know, just. Well, I know you've loved British cars for, for years and they're fun and uh, they're great and uh, enjoyable to drive and somewhat affordable. So uh, there you go. A Triumph TR6. I think you might be the first one of those on this show. It's, it's getting harder for me to remember all of them with 1,600 guests here on the show. But uh, that sounds like a unique answer to me and a fair one, too, and an honest one. All right. To come up with something sexier. but uh... Well, you know, sometimes people don't listen to the question not what you want to be i mean we all would love to be a little bit sexier right but it's better uh, than a rambler right well probably yeah i think so all right we're entering what i call the last lap i'm going to fire off some questions have you give us some very quick blips of that tr6 throttle so here we go uh tim what's one of your personal habits you think has contributed to your success in your business over the over the years here i would say doggedness just plotting being a ceo is a lot different than being an entrepreneur and starting something and it's exciting and getting it off the ground. And I, I tend to gravitate more towards that. I've started the tour business. I've started this event business, the video. So, I mean, that's more my nature, but, but trying to be a, a CEO, I've got a, a, a partner wife that keeps me on track, but, uh, you know, I've lived in the same house for, for almost 25 years. I've had the same job for almost 40 years. Uh, yeah. Persistence, tenacity. Well, those are keys to many, many of my successful guests for sure. Uh, here's a great question. If I could wave a magic wand and arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or a meal with anybody in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be and why? I, I've met a lot of people. I mean, I've got a, a lot of friends that I probably shouldn't have famous or wealthy people, but the one, the one person that, uh, I never I was at the same track with him several times, but I, I didn't take the time or, or wasn't pushy enough. But I, I would have liked to have met Paul Newman. He seems like he was such a cool guy. Yes. And, yeah, um, definitely. You know. A true racer, too. You know, kind of like yeah. Steve McQueen and some Garner, some of these guys that are actors, but they really were car people. Yeah, I'd say that's that's probably the, the, the one person that. Uh, and then there's some I met I wish I hadn't, but we won't go there. I <laughs> know. <laughs> we'll stay from, away from that. So when it comes to automotive advice, now this could be collecting, restoring, racing, whatever. What's the best advice someone else offered you that you keep going back to? Offered me? Um, I'm not sure that who offered this to me, but the best racing advice I would have is I, I see people you know, they have money, they decide, you know, we're all trying to recapture our youth and, and they get some money and they decide to go vintage racing. And then they want to start with something like a Porsche 917. Well, <laughs> yeah, start with, start with a bug eye Sprite or maybe a Ford. Well, even a Ford Mustang is a little much for most people, but, uh, yeah, start slow and work your way up. Yeah. So I'm not sure where that came from. I, I probably didn't invent it. Uh, I'm not that clever, but boy, I see people, you know, they just get in way over their head, you know, in a Sprite or something similar. It's real hard to get in over your head. 
Yeah, go slow first uh, is what I was told why a Lotus 18 is something I jumped into because it really was not that fast of a car. Uh, but I see people, yeah, you're right, that had money that would get into Formula 2, Formula 1, Can-Am cars, and just like, those are scary cars, not to mention massively they're, they're dangerous. Scary. They were scary for the pros that drove. Oh, nice. gosh, I don't know how they did it. Those guys were, yeah. were crazy. Now, how about a resource, uh, a go-to for you, something regular that you want to share with our listeners you think they should tap into? Our forum is, um, is you know, forums have uh, faded to some extent. Some have, but ours is still stronger than ever. Mm-hmm. And there's just so much good advice there, so much practicality. And we, we, you know, we monitor it, but we have such a good group. There's no snarkiness and that kind of stuff. There's very little of that. So that's still a, a good, certainly a good resource. Where can people Where can people find that? Uh, either classicmotorsports.com or grassrootsmotorsports.com. There you go. I was going to say a resource for me is, um, I don't think this is available to everybody, but uh, uh, my friendship with Jay Leno has been, boy, there's a guy you want to listen to. If he tells you how to act on camera, listen to him. If he, you know, if he tells you, if that guy wants to give you some life lessons, listen to him. He's been really, and again, I don't understand how I could become friends with him, but it's happened and he's been really, really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. A consummate quintessential car guy for sure. Yeah. Is there a book that you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy reading and learn something from? Yeah, I read a lot of, a lot of books, a lot of car books. The book that just came out, the history of IMSA that Mark Raffoff and uh, I don't remember the other author's name, but that's a fantastic book. If you want to really learn the history of IMSA, my favorite car book is probably small wonder. It's a it's an out of uh, print book about the Volkswagen uh, Bug, yeah, and Beetle. It's not about it's not about the Beetle. It's really about Germany and and how things ended there at the end of World War II and the dividing up of the country. It's it's really fascinating if you like history. Um, the scam that that was the Beetle. Uh, you know, uh, Hitler uh, was selling little booklets to you. You basically pay. And then you'd get one after the war. Of course, nobody got one, but sure. it's just really, really cool history book. Yes, absolutely. Small Wonder is a great book. And of course, the other book you mentioned, The History of IMSA by Mark Raffoff and Mitch Bishop. Mark's been a guest here on Cars yeah. You can go back and find him on the Cars yeah website and learn all about his writing of that book. You'll find all these books and everything Tim has shared with us today on his show notes page. If you want to go back and listen to Tim and I talk back when I was just starting this, you may not want to listen to me. Tim was eloquent. I don't know if I was or not. I was still learning my craft. You can find both his shows on the Cars Yeah! website. Just type in Tim Suttered. All right, we're up to the checkered flag here, Tim. I'm curious whether your answer to this question has changed over the last six years. I'm going to buy you a very cool collector car today. Anything on the planet, doesn't matter who owns it, I'm going to get it out of their garage and I'm going to park it in your garage. But there are some rules to my game since I'm writing the check. One is you can't sell it to buy back all your old cars with. You've got to keep it. I want it to be a driver, a usable car, but that's no problem for you. You don't believe in garage queens or dust collectors. But here's the hard part, Tim. It's the only one collector car you can have. So it's got to tick all the boxes for you to make you smile every time you walk out in that garage and want to jump into it and drive. So what can I buy you this year? Well, I don't need much. Just a, <laughs> You two, don't need much. 
Uh, just the 289 Cobra, that's all. It, well, it's the same answer. You haven't evolved much, my friend. <laughs> no, nah, nah, my, my whole life's been dedicated to, to that. To you know, it's funny. Um, I probably have enough cars that, you know, if I sold them all and, and got a second mortgage on, the, well, I don't even have a mortgage, but if I got a mortgage on the house, I could probably buy one. But it's like, well, I can't sell the first car my dad and I restored. And then I can't sell the last car, the TR6, that my dad and I restored together before he passed. And yeah. I certainly can't sell my TR3 race car because <laughs> I've had that, you know, for 25 years. And my Edsel wagon, I would never sell that. And you know, so it basically goes, uh, okay, I guess I don't get a Cobra. <laughs> well, you know, I have no doubt someday I think you may have one in the garage. Now, I'm not sure if you remember this, but you, you said 289 Cobra. Do you remember the color you picked? Probably um, blue with red interior and gray wire wheels. <laughs> you have pretty much stayed the same in your taste over all I, these years. I didn't go back and listen to the first show. I figured that was probably a bad idea. Uh, no, it's, I always tell people don't do that, but I did. I went back and checked it out, and uh, that's exactly the way you answered it. So there's some consist consistency in your life despite the evolutions that you've made in your business, which are certainly wonderful, and it's kept you uh, in the forefront of the career that you've chosen and the business you've chosen. We're really proud of where you've come from and what you've done, uh, Tim. This has been a great talk. You've taken us on another great ride today. I knew this would be great. I want to thank you for sharing your amazing journey. Before I let you go, though, before I let you drive off into the sunset in that 289 Cobra. Could you offer our listeners maybe one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance when it comes to business or life or whatever you want to share that might encourage somebody out there who maybe is just starting out? Well, I would, I, first I want to say that when you asked me, you just started this and I was like, ah, that's a weird idea, but oh, what the heck, I'll, I'll, I'll help you get started. I appreciated that. Good, good on you uh, for, for making 16 1612. I know. It's a, well, that doesn't include the buy, sell, hold podcast I do every week oh, with yeah. Keith Martin. Yeah. So add, add another 25 to that. Yeah. So congratulations. Um, I would say that, that um, in anything in life, it's a lot easier to take it apart than it is to put it back together. So uh, go easy, go slow. And, and uh, you know, I, I find so many projects that have been taken apart. And then I just bought a 52 Morgan that taken apart and never put back together. Yeah. Since 1964. So, wow. Yeah, it's, uh, it, I, I think that probably has more meaning than just cars, but. <laughs> you know, I think you're right. I think it does. And again, what's the best way or the multiple ways for our listeners to learn more about you and your business? Well, you have a classic motorsports YouTube channel. Subscribe to that. We've got videos coming out every week. Grassroots motorsports, uh, YouTube channel, same there. And then, uh, our magazine's available on newsstands, uh, both Grassroots Motorsports and Classic Motorsports, or you can order it through our website. And, of course, our website's got multiple stories a day. Yeah, absolutely. I encourage you listeners, check it out. You're going to love this. If you love anything about motorsports, classic cars, these are the publications to go to. Check out the YouTube pages. I mean, you've come a long way, baby. So uh, again, congratulations to the evolution uh, because that's what life is all about, evolving and changing and improving. And that's definitely what you've done, Tim. Thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your incredible life experiences with our listeners. Until you and I talk again, or we cross paths on a Concord field sometime soon, I hope. Yeah. I'll see you down the road. Thank you very much. Thank you. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? 
If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting, but what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!